Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm Hannah. And this one was uh, fucking bad. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I'm about ready to give up on Netflix after this. Literally, it's too late to change our name. They have been releasing turd after turd. It's like... This was a big turd. Yeah. Everything that they've advertised as like a quote unquote big hit on their site has just been fucking bullshit. And then literally the only things that have like been really good is stuff that they don't talk about ever. House was good. I will say that. But like every time we venture away from the Netflix canon is when I usually get excited about Mm -hmm. the artistic things we are about to consume. Yeah. As opposed to this. Also, I don't know about you. I am so over horror remake sequels. Yeah. Just copy pasting the name. It Mm -hmm. makes everything so much more confusing. And also, I love subtitles. I love little funky little names. Or even numbers. I like that the Saw movies are just Saw 6. I like Mm -hmm. that. I miss that. Now it's just like, oh, it's Halloween. 2020, whatever. Oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw. 2022. Just come up with a name. It's literally the easiest part. Just slap a, a like a three or a five on it or something or yeah. like Texas Chainsaw fucking millennials. There you go. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. I I hate Gen Z. Texas Chainsaw, the most Republican one yet. Yeah. <laughs> Texas yeah. Chainsaw. Bubba's Texas Chainsaw. Racist. We felt the need to have commentary about the Confederate flag for some reason. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. Um. For some reason, uh, everyone in this movie fucking sucks on either side of whatever argument they're trying to make. Texas Chainsaw, the best argument for nihilism I have seen yet this year. Texas Chainsaw, (laughs) they shot this in like... In Belgium. Yeah, in Belgium and not in fucking Texas or Oklahoma, which is like the easiest and cheapest way to do this. Ugh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna set something in the Midwest or like in the South, it's already relatively cheap to shoot there. Why are you going away from location to do this? Like, it doesn't. Even the 2003 version understood this. Like, mm-hmm. it looked like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, if nothing else. Like, it had that terror that is derived from that setting perfectly like that is one of the key elements of this movie and it felt like whoever made this did not understand what made the texas chainsaw massacre movies work mm-hmm. well that, no, of that course was they like, didn't all they that was no it's it's that point of view of like oh all you need is a crazy man with a chainsaw that's that's what it is yeah. and like and like ugh. that's just like a, a complaint in general like it was one of the things that like really irked me about Ghostbusters Afterlife too is that like they set it in the middle of Oklahoma and yet they shot it in Alberta, Canada instead of Oklahoma, which it's it's so fucking cheap to shoot in Oklahoma. I don't know why anyone decides not to do that. Like yeah. It doesn't it Everything doesn't make is- any goddamn sense to me. It's sad how the film industry is so centralized around a few different cities. Um, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, too, I'm watching movies that, like, take place in the Midwest, but you can see the fucking Hollywood Hills in the background. I'm like, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. That's the only time I'll accept it, honestly. If you're going to set it in an obviously different place than the actual, like, plot is set, make it stupid. Like, there's an yeah. episode of The X-Files that takes place in a small town in Iowa that's, like, 
three miles from where I live. And it's like, oh my god, the beautiful, lush mountains of Canadian Iowa. <laughs> we love these. And I that just cracks me up. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, like, if they were going to do this um, fucking bullshit with Texas Chainsaw, they should have at least had, like, I don't yeah. know, a B- Belgian clock tower in the background or I... someone, like, eating a waffle on a cobblestone street <laughs> one block away. Oh, chocolates! <laughs> have a little German boy in the background or something. <laughs> um, I mean, like my, I mean, like I can understand if it's like a, a super low budget thing and like you want to set in a specific place, but you don't have the means to travel or whatever. I get that, but like these are like fucking Hollywood films. You have the money to do that, and you just choose not to because what you hate the South or whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I will say, like, the town, because most of the movie takes place in, like, one location, and it's just this main street of, like, a town. It doesn't look terrible. I mean, it does look like a Texas, like, ghost town that's all shut down and stuff, but um, it definitely does feel like a set, because it is a set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really feel like it has life to yeah, the Yeah, it feels like a Hollywood backlot that they, like just kind of built over kind of like how they would do with like old westerns yeah i was literally about to say there was a ride at disney world called the great movie ride where you would go through a little ghost town that like represented the john wayne and clint eastwood movies and it looked exactly like this set and like i get that that's kind of fun but if you're gonna do that you have to make it a little campy at least because that's kind of how i'm expected or like I expect things to work with it within that kind of thing, just because like well, and those, if they're trying to those old Hollywood films, just like when they make use of their sets, it's extremely camp usually. So the, the thing is, this movie was just completely joyless. Like, yeah, it can't you know? I can excuse it like being a dumb slasher, because um, even though the original, I will argue is like one of the most brilliant movies ever of like um a good amount of suspense and commentary and atmosphere and uh good character writing um and a lot of people dismiss it as a stupid slasher film which does kind of irk me especially because it was like one of the first slasher films and it formed a lot Mm -hmm. of tropes that are well known in the horror genre today like the final girl Mm -hmm. Um, i don't remember if this one or Black Christmas was like the first slasher, but they came out re- relatively at the same time, and they both featured a final girl. So yeah, I kind of credit um, both of them for that. And like, um, I, also the I, first I would, one is extremely good and like has a message and and has a like, good buildup of suspense on again yeah. a pretty tiny budget. Um, and I think it understands the grittiness of the horror it's mm-hmm. trying to explore. It also whereas this understands one, I don't the think setting. it has any any idea. Yeah, it understands the setting. It understands the textural. Like that movie has texture. It feels mm-hmm. grimy. It feels it feels it, it feels bloody. sweaty. It feels gory. This yeah. this film feels like slick and nothing. It it feels like the, a linoleum countertop. Yeah, yeah. For for a Texas Chainsaw film, it feels way too cleaned up. 
Yeah. It feels way too cleaned up. The characters, like, and I, I'll be honest, like, I, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but when I think of it, I don't immediately think character. But compared to these characters, it's fucking Shakespeare, goddammit. I swear. Yeah. These I mean, characters are not human beings. No. I, uh, I remember a lot of the characters from the first two, like Sally and Franklin, and of course, mm-hmm. like, the Sawyer family. Yeah. Um, and then Stretch mm-hmm. yeah, from the Sawyer. second movie. But, mm-hmm. uh... Yeah, I mean, I would respect this movie more if it was just a dumb slasher. But yeah. it, I feel like it doesn't even achieve that. Like, it's still trying it's, to it's, have a message, but its message yeah, is stupid it's and way too so nihilistic. Well, so I want to know, this felt like a script that got handed off to several different people with very different writing styles and very different viewpoints on what they wanted Texas Chainsaw to be yeah i mean um, that is also, pretty I guess this is accurate where we can... um it did yeah. get the script has literally been passed around since uh 2018 so and yeah yeah it basically did like kind of switch hands several times um I'm, interesting I'm thing to i'm gonna look up note. and see who these writers are really quick just so i need to fede, blame someone for this <laughs> fede alvarez produced it um, yeah. He's the one who did the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe, mm-hmm. which, um, mm. you know, I have thoughts on, like, some of the stuff in particularly Don't Breathe, but, like, I guess at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it's still kind of a fun, silly horror movie, so, like, that's fine, but uh, it, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Don't Breathe, but um, his Evil There's a Dead, little bit of... I have a few problems with it, but it, like overall, I thought it was okay just because the end kind of made up for all the other crap that I didn't like about it. Yeah, there's a little um. bit of like grossness to some of his movies. Um, so like, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but I'm like, oh, did it? Did that grossness just like? make its way into the new texas chainsaw like i'm not gonna try to blame one person for it but like at mm-hmm. the same time i could definitely it, see him having a, a strong influence over this it looks like um he actually did write some of this script so it's chris thomas devlin fede alvarez and then rodo sayagi sayagays sayagays i don't know how to pronounce that but i think that's how you say it um mm-hmm. but yeah, I think not not a great script, guys. Um, this sucked. not a good script, and I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna great. blame a lot of the problems with this movie on the script. Oh, absolutely! I, like, I thought, like you know, ugh. the acting was honestly pretty decent for like what the actors were given. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wasn't that one of the little I think the little sister was the fucking girl from eighth grade. Yeah, Elsie Fisher. You know what? Yeah, you know who she's plays, great. You know who plays Sally Hardesty in this? It's the lady that's in uh, she... Mandy as the the one that drugs uh, Mandy. Oh, I was about I to ask: she Is she the actress from the original Texas Chainsaw? No, no it's not. That actress has passed okay. away. Yeah, uh, rip. She's she Mother Marlene and Mandy. It looks like she she's also going to be in Mandy. the Northmen as a name oh, that I can't yeah. pronounce because it's Norse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the plot of this movie so we can like fully pick oh. it apart. Yes. Okay. So also, it, I want someone to explain it to me because it does not make sense to me. Like, yeah, I don't there's know a lot what of like the hell they're doing there holes here. So 
this is like a supposed to be a direct sequel to the first Texas Chainsaw, to the original one, where they say like, yeah, there was one survivor, Sally, and the legend of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre still haunts Texas and blah blah. Getting a narrator who sounds just like the narrator from the first movie, I don't know if it is the same guy, but sounds a lot like him. Um, so anyway, it follows a group of friends who are like social media influencers, basically. And they've decided to come in and buy all these properties in like a small Texas ghost town in the middle of nowhere because they're they're from Austin and they're like, you know what people really need to get away from the city and go out to the middle of nowhere where it smells like cow shit and uh, get their um, iced lattes and boutique shopping, I guess. I'm going to set up so, a gallery right here in this old orphanage. <laughs> yeah, they buy an old orphanage and uh, when they get to town. Well, first of all, you learn a lot about the characters. So we have oh, I'm going to have to look up their names cuz I can't remember. Um so there's Dante. Lila. Yeah, Dante and Melody are business partners. And they're like the ones trying to get all this done. And then Lila's Melody's little sister and Ruth is Dante's girlfriend. So the four of them are like headed out and they say like there's a bus full of influencers coming up also for like an auction to kind of look at the town and maybe buy some stuff. So they're really excited. They want everything to look great. Um, we learned that Lila is a school shooting survivor, which I have yeah some Wait, thoughts about. It's, I uh, It's a really fucking weird out of nowhere like thing that they just decided to put in. And then the end... The ending uh, sucks <laughs> because of it that. It was very tasteless. Um, mm -hmm. It was. I'm just going to say right off the bat. It was even more tasteless I mean, than American Horror Story, which is a fucking feat, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, of course, you know, horror movies are meant to talk about the taboo. So I don't mm -hmm. necessarily think there's anything wrong with that concept of having a character be a school shooting survivor. But literally every single way this movie handled it was completely wrong. Like, they basically yeah. treat her like she's this scared snowflake who hasn't experienced the real world and needs to stand up for herself. I'm like, yeah. fuck that. She got fucking traumatized. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, hmm. I've seen some people saying with... it was incredibly tasteless that, like, they, for a moment, show, like, a flashback of her, like, in the school. And, like, I don't know, like, how how much I want to agree with that being tasteless, but, like, with the way that they do all the rest of the stuff, I'm gonna agree that that was tasteless and really yeah, shitty. I think, yeah, I think just the whole thing was tasteless and that didn't really need to be part of her backstory, and um, especially when it ties into the commentary that this movie is making, uh, which mm -hmm. we'll get into later. <laughs> I think that with any, delving into any kind of super taboo trauma, in a kind like this, the way you avoid it being tasteless is you actually dive into what it means and how it affects their lives in a very human way that shows like, no, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. And I don't think this movie had that intention at all. I think it wanted to use it as like some sort of misguided gal power fucking bullshit. And they thought, oh, this is something that's very very big right now so let's let's try to capitalize on it and it just felt soulless it felt tasteless it felt cheap 
Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think I think all of that is just shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so they like encounter this guy when they're in town and he's like the guy that kind of fixes everything up and then um when they first encounter him they're at like a gas station and like he's got a gun on him and they're like making comments about why do you need a gun you know do you have a small dick or whatever like yada yada and they encounter him again in town and like uh lila like walks in and is like talking to him or whatever and like he just has an ar-15 sitting on the table yeah, and he's like, "You should. You, do you want to shoot it? Like, you should learn how to do this." And like, and she's like, mm, "No, thanks." It's just, um, it's just such I, a weird having flashbacks about the time that I was in a school shooting because there's it's just a fucking a AR-15 weird, here. Yeah, it's a weird take, and like, this very much felt like my proposed solution to gun violence is more guns. Yeah, yeah. that is basically what it felt like. And, and yeah, you know, guns like, don't I kill get... people. Bad people kill people, and it's like, um, guns do don't kill people, but also the bad people kill more people when they have access to AR-15s. I'm just also gonna say. one of the really interesting things about this film, and kind of slashers in general, for the most part, Leatherface doesn't really use a gun. He doesn't. Yeah, Most slashers don't because you... they're the core thing with slashers is that they're like. The the way they kill people is in, incredibly like intimate and like the the way that they choose their weapons and everything makes for a more intimate viewing experience and like that's another thing that Clover like talks about and I think we've mentioned Clover yeah. in like the last three episodes <laughs> but she's like it's so good there there are specific rules and like if you you know if you adhere to them usually like that makes more sense than trying to make a slasher film in which one of them has a gun um, i mean my thing is i think it's just doesn't look as interesting on film because like yeah you know like i will the movie say the would one... be over really fast if uh yeah. the character was just mowing down leatherface with an ar-15 yeah, I will say yeah. there's, like, one movie in which they kind of got away with that with a slasher, and that is Scream, but that's because... I was thinking the same thing, yeah. That's because, like, it's more of, like, an accessory thing, and, like, for the most part, they are killing people with a bowie knife, and, like, uh, the the gun is really more for uh, when... Uh, the protagonist characters need to kill someone because they they don't really use knives in that one for the protagonists. Well, and not to go into a whole, like, scream spiral, but, like, the thing that works with scream and the gun is that it's about the tension of it in the mm -hmm. final scene. Like, you have it as a, as a threat, but it's not... Like Kyla said, it's just not as interesting once the go once the gun goes off, you've lost the tension. Yeah. So it's about how much you can do with that space in between showing the gun and firing the gun. Yeah. Like right. that is and also the yeah. fact that it kind of contrasts everything up until that point. But this one, like, the chainsaw is the point. And I feel like mm -hmm. the amount of guns just distracted from that. And it yeah. was, it didn't feel intentional at all. 
Like yeah, it wasn't like an intentional dichotomy of like guns versus chainsaws or it's doing called anything the Texas Chainsaw with, like, Massacre. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Texas they wanted to make a day. movie about school shootings, and then they were like, "Let's just put Leatherface in here," and then they didn't. They didn't even yeah, like, do anything like, with him. You He's know, just kind of a guy. There is a lot to explore with, like, the issue of gun violence and school shootings. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's something that people in this country feel very passionate about. And there's still an ongoing debate about it. And uh, I think that can make for a really interesting subject for a movie. Um, I just don't think that the ninth Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel (laughs) is the movie to do that with. No, I mean, especially once again, it is called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. And like these two things, yeah, like you said, like there it is a subject that is worthy of discussion and worthy of analysis. What the fuck does it have to do with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They just kind of threw Leatherface in there at the last minute and said, "Here, here's a here's something that'll uh, bring the crowds in so they'll watch your shitty shitty movie." Yeah, you know I get <sighs> it. Like Guns are part of Texas culture, but I think there's, like, a tasteful way to do it and a non-tasteful way to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just going to say, like, having a plot about a school shooting survivor who has to learn how to use a gun and stand up for herself. And that was her problem all along, is she just (laughs) didn't stand up for herself, you guys. Um, I think that's just incredibly tasteless. And... uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, it's kind of infuriating to me, I'm going to be honest. It's very victim-blaming. Yeah. Yeah. It is very victim-blaming, and it's not actually looking the issue in the face. It's just, it's just like putting a bandage over of, like, we don't actually need to change anything. We just, you just need, it's put, yeah, like you said, Kyla, it's victim-blaming. It's putting the focus on the individual, not the system. It's like, which oh, is hey, like, if you, if you actually knew how to use a gun, then maybe, like, all of your friends that fucking died wouldn't have been dead, you know? That kind of shit. It's what it, it really comes off as. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, again, is just stupid, because, like, anybody can be a victim of violence. Like, mm-hmm. having a gun is not going to solve all your problems, you know? It's not going to prevent people from hurting you. It's so weird how this movie is so preachy, but if I had to tell you what it was preaching, I could not tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. This movie hates everyone. That's the thing. It's like... Try anything it hates... and you're canceled, bro. Yeah, it's like it hates <laughs> the, the, you know, quote-unquote liberal millennial snowflakes. But then, like, it also hates the the local Texans. Like, they're portrayed yeah. as these dumb, savage rednecks. And, like... For as much as this movie preaches about guns and self-defense, everyone who has a gun still gets mowed down by Leatherface. So I'm like, well, okay, like, what are you saying, movie? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're trying to say that they need guns to protect them, but then they still end up dying. And so, like, I... It's just a deeply cynical movie that, like, hates everyone, basically. (laughs) You yeah. know, I would only. I, and I don't think it understands any problem it's trying to address. Like the whole, I feel like they're trying to do something about gentrification, but the fact that it's mostly minorities doing the gentrification in the movie completely, completely removes. Me I don't. From any I don't even know. If it's I'm like this doesn't make sense. Gentrification at that point, because like they said, 
specifically that it's a ghost town. Nobody lives there. Gentrification really has more to do with, um, like, when you move into a predominantly, like, black or Hispanic or just, like, any kind of non-white community. And then over time, uh, white people just kind of start to dominate that area and, like, push people who specifically live there because of the non-white community out like exactly but there is this judgment of the characters within the movie so you're right i don't think gentrification is the right word but this movie has a certain judgment of these young people it's like they were trying to comment on gentrification but then they just like totally got the definition of gentrification wrong yeah like they use the word gentrification which is weird and like you know also just this is not a feasible premise like okay in what world do a bunch of influencers decide to just like buy it buy space in a fucking ghost town like not in the, the middle of the, west texas like is that really something that has ever happened west texas they're more yeah. likely to buy a building in the middle of austin and then make all of the fucking rent prices go up like yeah yes. i'm like has this really <laughs> actually happened and, and like if it has then that's that's news to me because uh, I've spent a lot of time in small uh, West Texas towns, and mm-hmm. I, I can't say I've ever seen that happen. So, yeah. <laughs> also, every influencer I, I knows is like just as fucked by the scam to sell shampoo or some weird shit. Like yeah. all these influencers that they're trying to comment on, they should be selling you like silverware or some shit. Yeah, or like, like that's part what of I've a, seen. Like people multi level how- marketing. <laughs> Okay, yeah. okay, my thing is, like, I don't know how much it would take to buy a ghost town, but I feel like it would take a lot more than a couple of influencers make together. Like, I, yeah. there's no fucking way. I think there's literally a point in the movie where he asks, like, are you a cult? And I'm like, that's what I would like to know. Yeah. Because right. I have no idea that's like what your only... organization is, what you stand for, how you got all this money. I think they imply they're from a rich family, but, like... They don't really act like rich kids. They, they I don't, don't know what they act. They don't act like anything. They don't act like anyone. They, nobody sense. in this movie has a fucking personality besides redneck or Gen Z. And like, you don't even like get any kind of personality outside of like, oh, haha, they like to live stream and take selfies and yada yada. Yeah. It's you like know, would- fake woke like here all this shit that's annoying that like maybe you could have like expanded on it a little more and it would have made a little more sense but no you just went surface level with it and it fucking sucks (laughs) yeah and so here's the thing is like i would respect this movie a lot more if it picked a side even if it was a side i completely Mm -hmm. disagreed with i Mm -hmm. would respect it because i'm like you know at least you're committing to Mm -hmm. your message uh but this movie does not have anything to say it like i said it hates everybody um they're just throwing in random pieces of social commentary because it feels relevant and not because like the writers actually felt passionate about it yeah i feel like that was interesting go ahead sorry about oh, oh no you're good about the original texas chainsaw movie is there is a lot of stuff that is troubling and if you look at it it can't it doesn't like you know stand up to like it's taboo you know it's horror there's it's a family of cannibals who like torture and eat people Mm -hmm. but like looking at it it does have so many interesting things to say without being preachy just by looking at this family and saying okay 
how can we see this through and make their lives make sense? And it says so much more just focusing on the details of this family than by trying to, like, focus on the, I don't know, socioeconomic implication that, of okay. the Gen Z influence on the movie. That's you know what the I'm other saying? thing that fucking bugged the shit out of me is that for some reason Leatherface is, like, a 60-year-old orphan, quote-unquote, at the beginning of this movie. Like... I where where is his family? Who is this fucking random woman who's like living in this abandoned orphanage with him? And like what does that have to do with anything besides like oh here here's something for him to get mad about cuz she like has a heart attack and dies because they evicted her from yeah. The orphanage. So I guess we should get into this cuz there's another scene that just ugh, oh god. Oh, me. That so when yeah. they pull that whole yeah. And they uh, see yeah. the building that they've bought, which is an old orphanage, and there's a Confederate flag hanging from it. And so mm-hmm. the Dante, who's black, by the way, um, is like, oh, we need to take that down because like, it's going to offend all the all of the people who are coming here and we need everything to be perfect. Yeah, not, not so, even like, oh, hey, we should take this down because uh, I'm a black person and as a, yeah, as a black it's person, like he, like, this is not a good thing to have he in seems town. no. Like, he seems very nonchalant about it, like, on a personal level. He's like, yeah, I don't care about how this affects me, but but it's going to make all of us look bad and bad for business. Oh, and that just like... also seems like a very unrealistic take. Um, so he goes up to try to take it down, and they realize the building is still occupied by this old mm-hmm. woman. And, uh, and, spoiler alert, Leatherface. Um, yeah. And so she's like, what are you doing with my flag? Why are you taking that down? And she's, you know, acts typical racist stuff. She's like, oh, I don't okay, have any problem with your... And it reminds me of him. Yeah, and, and like she's that. like... But again, you don't... it's so half-assed that you don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't have any problem with your people and, and whatever. Uh, bullshit. Like, it's like, I okay, think the whatever, movie wants you up. to feel sorry for this character but like i don't because yeah you know, she, the, <laughs> she if, like... they had, if they had made this more if, like less about the fact that she had a confederate flag hanging up there and more about the fact that um she lives in that building and she has been evicted from it and that's the thing that we should maybe care about a little more is that like there are people still living in this town and that um this kind of like flipping towns for money business kind of thing is a little hurtful to you know the people who like live in the specific areas that are yeah having this being like, done to like i would be fine with that but they like just like gloss over that and then like the rest of the conversation that has had is just extremely uncomfortable and like uh it's about race, but it's also, like, so surface-level bullshit that, like, it doesn't make, like, any difference that this happened. It's just, like... Yeah, like, they could have easily taken that out. so mad. It's, it's just a distraction. Also, like, again, it's another and, pretty And, like, that's the only way to introduce to... Leatherface. That's the only way that they got him in the movie, because otherwise he wouldn't be here. It's, like, a pretty simple just to slap on the movie. Again, like, just a random piece of social commentary that's, like, thrown in there without any thought. And it's and like, I do think, go ahead. Oh, I'm like it's just one 
one scene and it didn't need to be there because like like you said marty like the the old lady already has a different reason to be upset and the fact that they're kicking her out of her house like why do we need this whole other thing to happen yeah not only that it's the framing the movie uses for me that clearly wants like you said kai it makes you want to be it wants you to be sympathetic towards this older woman and not empathize with dante at all it wants you to be mad at dante especially given what is revealed later in the movie when like he didn't have the deed to uh take her house and after they get her evicted she dies and like he the way that they shove the confederate flag in his chest and go here's your flag and then they have this long lingering shot of the confederate flag on the ground seems to me to be implying this man was overreacting and frankly I don't think he was, and I think the fact that the movie wants you to be, like, almost against him in these actions is so racist. Yeah, it is. It's just weird. And so the the whole bit with her house was really confusing, too. So, like, yeah, we find out that apparently Dante didn't have the deed, but I'm like, wait, like, did he buy the house or did he not? Because then she's like, oh, yeah, I was going to get evicted, but then I managed to make my payment. And then, like, but then the police come and kick her out anyway. And they're like, we well, told you to leave we- two weeks yeah. ago. So yeah. I'm like, wait, like, if Dante didn't really have the deed, then, like, couldn't all of this be fixed by her showing that? Like, why are the this- police showing up and kicking her out? Like, it's just so hmm. All of this weird. feels like embezzlement. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, why? What is happening? So yeah, is there? And then the whole thing dry- gets even weirder after she dies, and Dante's just like, "Oh, that's weird," or he's like, "Oh man, damn." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's about how you respond when a stranger dies who you had kind of a weird relationship with." Yeah, and, kind of and everyone. You. And then she's mad at him, and I'm like, "No, actually, yeah, that's the proper response." Like, yeah. So um, yeah, this lady dies of a heart attack when she's being kicked out of her house, but it's like everyone blames Dante for it, and it's like, okay, well. You know, he wasn't the one who was physically grabbing her and throwing her out. Like, yeah. maybe you could I blame mean, like, the, police the police instead. <laughs> fucking manhandling her and, like, throwing her in the back of that car. And then I guess Leatherface is, like, holding her as she dies and he gets really mad. I don't even know who this fucking woman is or her relationship to him besides that, like, oh, I was taking care of him or whatever. And, like, that doesn't mean shit to me. And then he like breaks that policeman's arm and then shoves the bone in his in his chest. Oh my god, it was so stupid. Oh god. Well, and it's hilarious because I feel like the the directors was like, we got to give Leatherface something to make him sympathetic, which is hilarious because if you know anything about the slasher fandom, is they've already done that from the first movie when he was kind of yeah, just making just being Leatherface. Making Leatherface, like, a Confederate sympathizer does not make him sympathetic. No. So, good job, filmmakers. They, like, totally backtracked on everything that, like, made Leatherface and, like, really the Sawyer family sympathetic. And they just fucking, like, ruined it. They really did. Like, because, like, the, the first movie, all of the stuff that, like leads them to become cannibals is like the the socioeconomic like stuff that makes them lose their jobs like they 
they end up like starving and all of this because like they aren't allowed back into the the meat plant because you know they lost all their jobs because of the upgrades and the equipment and all of that and like really like if you wanted to make this more like in line with the themes of the original like just take out anything that has to do with race or gen z or all of that just make it about the like the displacement of the people in in that ghost town and like that's it like that's all you need and And if you do decide to go into these topics tell them truthfully don't just pay pay lip service go into it don't be a coward about it yeah if you focus on one thing and went in depth about it instead of trying to make commentary about everything that like you know you have a problem with it in today's world or what have you it would have been a lot better than what it was like yeah and and it's just weird too that like this movie is centered around like you know victim blaming and calling people snowflakes for very real trauma that they've experienced and yet the original was literally about the trauma that the vietnam war caused for an entire generation Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay like sure imagine watching the original texas chainsaw and they start just being like oh what a snowflake the yeah, Vietnam these War, liberals, like, like wanting to get their house back or whatever. These damn fucking snowflakes. Look at Franklin, this like yeah. poor little, oh my poor God, little yeah. snowflake in a wheelchair. Like, can you fucking imagine? Yeah, and I'm kind of getting I'm, back to the weird framing of this movie, especially regarding Dante. Once, like, the old lady dies, Leatherface starts rampaging. He starts killing people. He makes his way back to the house where one of the influencer girls is. And the guy with the AR-15 shows up. I think I'm skipping a lot, so maybe we should... I'll wait yeah, to so, uh, talk about that till we get through it. The We get the first death. So the old lady has a heart attack and Leatherface goes berserk and cuts off her face and puts it on. So it's like, ooh, oh, we got um, the mask again. And Ruth then, actually uh, went with them and apparently like, yeah. was going to go and make sure she was okay at the hospital or whatever. And, like, so she's kind of, like, the first death of the the group of people. And she has, like, no personality other than being Dante's girlfriend. So, like, it's kind of just, I don't really care about that death scene because, uh, I don't know. I know nothing about her character. Yeah. I did, I will say one nice thing about this movie. I thought the suspense of her being in the car... That was looking for Leatherface and using like the framing of just like her perspective of being in the passenger Mm -hmm. seat and trying to kind of figure out a way out of this. Pretending to be dead. That was kind of interesting blocking. Yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah. That that was the one thing that I felt like was done pretty well, but like in the grand scheme of things, it probably would have been done well in a different movie and not this one. Yeah, it's. (laughs) You're right. It's like saying, hey, that piece of poop looks kind of nice. Yeah. In comparison to the other pieces of poop. There's a a piece of whole corn in this this poop. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the other influencers do show up, this bus full of people, and they have, like, a property auction and whatever. They all just act annoying and, like... Like, stereotypical millennial Gen Z, like, you know, they're not characters, they're just stereotypes. So, um, oh, Ruth, like, texted the others from 
the car before she was killed. And so, uh, Melody is like, oh, like, I'm not comfortable here. We should probably leave. So she's going to get her sister and they're going to, like, get the heck out. But then the guy with the guns takes the keys to their car because he's like, I need proof that you actually own the home that you just kicked the old lady out of. And But they're trying to leave. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's not your battle. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever. And so, oh, and this is also where we get... um, uh, Sally from the first movie. Who yeah, they she did a, shows up. They did a Halloween was, 2018 where she's this grizzled she, old lady and she fucking became a cop. Isn't she a cop? Which I don't yeah, get. I'm like, in the me. first movie, the it. cops didn't help her. So why would she become a cop if, like, they didn't help her at all? Also, she doesn't have, like, the personality to be no. a cop. I, I don't see Sally Hardesty in the first movie ever coming out of that and being like, hmm. I want to go back into a situation that makes me want to die every single time I have to answer uh, a call. Like, yeah, that's I, not I, something that do, ever I would have thought of. They do this thing, too, where, like, her whole life has revolved around Leatherface. And, like, mm. that's basically all she lives for is finding and killing him again, which I think is yeah. also a very, like... They just stole that from Halloween about. 2018. Yeah, but-, <laughs> but, like, at least in Halloween 2018, it was, like, kind of nuanced because they made it more about, like, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least, movie, like... They're Laurie just like, Strode yeah, has a personality in that film and not yeah. just kind of shows up and, and wants to kill. Yeah, it's just it's just stupid. It's, it like feels like a self parody. Like it feels like yeah, the it's movie not worthy that the, of Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it feels like the movie that the new scream was parodying. Like any minute I feel like a title card for like uh, what was the movies in the Scream universe slash or whatever? Stab. Stab. Yeah, yeah I feel stab. like a title card for a Stab movie is going to roll out. Like, it doesn't feel it'll, like a real it'll movie. It'll say the, the Alaskan Bowie knife killing spree or something. <laughs> right? It, like, it just feels like such parody. It's just so stupid. It's unoriginal. Mm-hmm. It's uninspired. And, like, it's disrespectful to her character because it just it's disrespectful to her and Laurie Strode, honestly, because it just lumps uh, the survivor final girl idea into this one archetype that's like, oh, so a girl th- goes through trauma. This is how she gonna respond when she becomes an old lady, right? And it's like, no, you are ignoring the nuance and differences not only between these two characters, but between these two franchises you don't understand how horror works call me a snowflake but at least i've seen a goddamn horror movie mm-hmm. <laughs> preach oh my god it's just it's upsetting as a human being who wants to see something interesting it's upsetting as a horror fan who wants to see more of this franchise appreciated because like you're right kyla i think a lot of people dismiss this franchise because it has gone on so long but at its core it has such an interesting idea of a certain part of Americana that no one has the guts to talk about since the 70s, but is mm-hmm. still very much prevalent today. And yep. the trauma of people who experienced it in the 70s is still affecting people today. And yeah. they have no interest in discussing it. And it's such an interesting concept. And I'm just, it's stupid, 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 stupid. Mm-hmm. I think I've lost it. I'm going to stop talking for a while. Calm down. I'm going to go stand in the corner and breathe. Oh. Uh, yeah, just uh, go go calm calm yourself but like also i fucking agree with you because like 
the the idea of Texas Chainsaw and like a displaced family, you know, having to rely on eating people because otherwise they wouldn't eat is so interesting. And like, at least for the first two movies, because Toby Hooper was like a part of them and like wrote and directed both of them. You know, you had that image of like even even in the second one, which was kind of parodying itself, it still had that like idea of who the characters were and like, you know, what they um were, you know, set out to do in in like the first one, because like even in like even though they're parodying themselves, they still feel like the same characters, even though like one of them is kind of not the same character, it's a twin. <laughs> it's it's convoluted in in like the rest of the franchise but like when you look at the the first two movies at least you had an idea of who these people were and like i feel like no texas chainsaw movie after that remake prequel you know requel whatever the fuck this movie is uh, None of it has gotten it right since, and it's because I feel like the people who are trying to capitalize off of this franchise don't, like, understand what specifically made that movie good. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, and there's one, there's a book I've I've talked about, I think, called The Final Girls Support Group, where they're essentially parodying all these final girls and, like, how they deal with their trauma, and there's one that's very clearly influenced by sally from the texas chainsaw massacre and the specific ways she deals with her trauma relates specifically to what happened to her it's not just a blanket violence trauma response the way Mm -hmm. this film seems to imply all sorts of trauma is dealt with exactly the same by just needing to buy a gun which i do you'll you'll get better if you kill someone because you witness someone get killed like that's not anything (laughs) yeah like Like, I don't know. Like, there was this idea of, since Sally was, like, isolated by this family, the way she dealt with it was she never wanted to be alone ever again, and she became a vegetarian. Like, to me, that makes Mm -hmm. more sense than this. Yeah. Because this just, again, it's just, like, copy-paste Laurie Strode. Yeah. From the Halloween franchise. But give her a cowboy hat. (laughs) Copy-paste Laurie Strode, and then take away all of the personality that Jamie Lee Curtis brings to that. Yeah. That role. And um, there you go. And like, the, I feel I like say the one thing I loved this actress did her like laugh when she was walking down the street. I did think like, yeehaw, this is kind of yeah. almost fun. And th- yeah. Like if this it, like- was written better and like actually gave Sally a personality, I feel like this actress could have done a lot better with the role. But like they didn't they didn't even give her a chance to like even be Sally that's not sally like yeah it's just some random like you know badass old lady that they copy pasted into this movie which is cool i like badass mm-hmm. old women but like mm-hmm. she didn't need to be sally like just make her the local yeah. sheriff or some shit like yeah it was just stupid um and mm-hmm. i think it's insulting to the original to like keep dragging the characters from it back into this bullshit yeah um mm-hmm so uh it's I guess fundamentally incurious yeah i guess we should try to finish going through this because there's still a little bit to get through yeah so uh right. there's a bunch of kills dante dies um 
Oh, this is Melody. where I really get pissed off because it's the way he dies. He gets like stabbed. That's almost an homage to the big door scene because there's like this revolving door and you can kind of see him get stabbed through it. And I'm like, I see what you were trying to do, but I'm too upset and I don't care. Um, yeah. But then Dante wanders out into the street and dies this weirdly filmed death in the arms of the guy with the AR-15. That yeah. like frames him as this big buff, super dignified hero who dies tragically, but mm-hmm. no one else gets this kind of weight with their death and it it feels fucking weird and i don't like it it's like oh hey this all could have been avoided if you'd listened to the white man with the gun and it's like (sighs) shut the fuck up and die and eat shit and also die again (laughs) and then immediately after that the white guy with the gun dies too yeah, and, which again, and so like, what, 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 what even was the point preach- of having a yeah, black man die like in as, this man's arms? As much as this movie preaches about like, you know, guns and self defense, his gun sure didn't help him against the chainsaw apparently because he just gets mowed down. Mm-hmm. So again, it's no. just like, wow, this movie really has nothing meaningful to say at all. Well, like, and no one else gets to. F- I guess like the two girls get to fight back against Leatherface, but like. This guy feels like the only person who really gets a fighting shot at Leatherface in comparison to the yeah, other Yeah, and he doesn't and even me, have a, like, a specific relation. He doesn't even, like, have any kind of relationship with, like, anything that goes on regarding Leatherface. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, one of the people that, like, displaced Leatherface at the beginning. He didn't, like, he's just fucking there and everyone, like, should just listen to him because he's the guy with the gun. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, Fuck you. Sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> like I agree. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and frame so, that and mount it on the wall. Yeah, just put just just write fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and then sign Marty m- the date that I'm saying this, and also to in regards to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. I think <laughs> so, all three of us will sign off on at, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. But this was filmed in Belgium, where the stars have all gone dark. <laughs> I love that. Um, Poem um, by Hannah Poets. Yes. I'm sorry, now I just am thinking of this other song that I really like. That's um, The Policeman is in the Ku Klux Klan deep in the heart of Texas. I like that one, too. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, as someone way who currently lives in Texas... Um, all of this movie makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, let's talk about the bus scene. Oh that's God! So <laughs> do anything and you're canceled, bro. Yeah, the okay, train. Was they, okay, that line did make me I, laugh. Okay, but not for the right reasons. Okay, people were like on on Twitter saying like the people who like quote unquote liked this movie were saying like oh that's a thing and like in the movie. It makes more sense because it's like a commentary on, you know, like they're parroting, whatever. It's like, shut up. This uh, There's no reason that this even needed to be there. There's no reason that this movie yeah. even needed to be made, let alone specifically having a man say, do do anything and you're canceled to lever the face. There's no reason. There's no <sighs> there's reason no for reason. any of this shit to happen. Yeah. So all these characters are on the bus trying to get back to Austin and... uh Leatherface comes on the bus and kills everyone. Like, mm-hmm. kills a whole bus full of people. Um, 
It is really gory. Like, I'll give it that. This movie has good gore. There's, like, a scene where just, like, someone's entrails are, like, falling out the window. And, like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. I feel like even if your gore is good, if you don't have a good script, then none of that matters to me. Yeah. I was about to say, it just seems stupid. And, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a it's a scene that's meant to go in the trailer, and yeah. they did their job, yep. and uh, none of the characters in that scene matter. Like the guy who says, "I'll cancel you, bro." He doesn't get a name. Like it's just pointless. He's just a rando, rando internet influencer, I guess, who shows up and then dies. There's no reason for yeah. it. No one behaves even remotely like a person. No, they no don't. That. No, they're all stereotypes. No one does that. You have your nobody. Literally, that sounds like some shit that would happen in an SNL skit. Like Bo and Yang yeah. would sit there and go, "Do it, and you're canceled." Like, yeah, like this. Uh, you know, you have either millennial social media influencer stereotypes, or you have redneck stereotypes. Like no one none of these people is a person at all. Nobody in this damn fucking movie is a person. And well, like not even the weirdly they they'd even try to make Leatherface like quote unquote more human by like they killed his mama. I'm like, but the whole time. Yeah, thinking, but who the fuck was that? Mama. I didn't that's an orphanage. By definition, that's not his mother. Yeah, like I guess this is a person who took care of him after something happened but we don't know what the fuck happened we we have no idea where his damn family went unless we're going by like texas chainsaw 2 rules and i guess like you know texas fucking caved in on them <laughs> texas I, caved in. I i don't what what specifically got him to this point where he's living in the middle of fucking nowhere in an orphanage also, I need to talk about the fact that, like, did y'all watch the end credit scene? No. Did y'all see it? No. Literally, no, the I'll end. I'll be honest with you. I had to take a break in the middle of the film, <laughs> and I, then I had to come back, and I, I that was not a good time. The, so I didn't stay with it longer than I had to. The end credit scene is Leatherface going back to the house in the first one. Why didn't you just fucking set it there? Why? Why? That's literally the best part of the fu- Ah! Why didn't you just set the whole fucking thing there and just have them be like, oh, we're going to start flipping houses here in the middle of and like Leatherface can just live in his house alone and thinking like nobody, nobody lives there because nobody has touched this house in who knows how fuck long. Yeah, Uh, that would have made at least a little more sense. What even, they just wanted some way to like have some kind of racial commentary in this and I guess setting it in a town where you can have confederate flags or whatever makes it more feasible for that to happen but I don't fucking care because none of it none of it fucking matters none of it matters oh my god it's just so stupid so um yeah sisters like fighting off Leatherface there's a couple of Mm -hmm. moments that are like kind of it's suspenseful, but it's just, it's a small, a few small good moments in a very, very bad film. Um, mm-hmm. There's this stupid ass scene where Sally shows up 
And she's, like, fighting off Leatherface, and she's this badass. And so she has a moment where she's holding him at gunpoint, and she can shoot him. But instead of shooting him, she's like, Say my name. Remember my friends? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I want you to say my name, because you killed all my friends. And then he just fucking walks away. And, like, you could have shot him right there. And Okay. Fuck you. You're just, like... Yeah, it's and then so course, dumb. And then she dies because they kill the also, legacy character, which again, this is the movie that the new scream was was making fun of. Literally, <laughs> it's it makes no sense for her. Also, I don't know. It just doesn't ring truthful to the original film again because, like, to me, I don't. After a certain point, maybe that is the thing that they were reduced to, like these pieces of meat. But I don't. Again, like you would think, after all that, you just you'd shoot him yeah like she's lived her whole life with the goal of killing him one day but then like she doesn't she doesn't (sighs) do it and then the to top it all off fucking later on in the movie he just kills her because yeah it's just so she doesn't fucking matter in the in the whole scheme of things she doesn't fucking matter it does not matter that she's there it does not matter that she's sally because they kill her anyways it's just so Yeah, the stupid. thing that I always loved about I'm Sally so mad. was that, and any final girl, really, when you think about it, is that in the face of these insurmountable odds, when you are such in such a weak and vulnerable state, like, she literally just ran through a window on a second-story building. That was mm-hmm. badass. And then she just ran, and she screamed, and she cried, and just kept doing that until she won. And that endurance, that desperation... I think is so rarely shown to be a good thing. I think it is often shown as a weakness mm-hmm. and instead is replaced with this like cold, like calmness that is just not truthful to how people respond in emergency situations. Mm-hmm. And they take all that emotion, all that fear out of Sally because of this bullshit misogynistic idea that in order to be a cool badass, you can't care about anything. You can't show any emotion. Even mm-hmm. when she dies, she doesn't look interested. And it's just, Fun. it's boring it is boring you've committed yeah. the cardinal sin of any movie you're boring you're basic you made it <laughs> fucking yeah. you made it shallow boring no message just a surface level thing in which to watch a bunch of millennials get killed that's all that it is yeah and uh so i'm gonna wrap things up just so or not the podcast but the movie plot because um, I still have a lot this to say. This is the end of the podcast. This yeah. broke us. No. They, we're quitting uh, forever. So Goodbye. No, not Netflix really. Ruined Never. Us. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Never. yeah, the two girls like fight off Leatherface and they end up killing him with his own chainsaw. Killing, and they, like, quote unquote. into a pool of water where he like supposedly drowns. Which again, it's like this movie okay. is so like so pro before gun, this, but then like they don't even kill him with a gun. Like what's before that all this, about? though, like Lila's whole thing is like she has to learn how to hold a gun in order to kill Leatherface because he's coming after her and her sister. And then like she like finally is like ready to shoot him, and then her sister comes up behind her and just like totally undermines this fucking moment that she's supposed to be having by taking Leatherface's chainsaw and just hitting him in the face with it. He just falls yeah. backwards, it's and they like, don't even check to make sure he's dead. She just kind of like uppercuts him with the chainsaw, yeah. which isn't even on. It's like they don't even give Lila her hero moment. So I'm like, okay, thanks. 
thing. Like, whatever message you're trying to say with, like, guns or whatever, you don't even get that. Yeah, so then as they're leaving, she picks up Sally's cowboy hat and puts it on, which is, like, mm-hmm. again, just, just lame. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you they didn't get in their... this. This doesn't mean anything. Good night. And then they get in their Tesla... <laughs> Because they got a fucking Tesla and it starts self-driving and then fucking Leatherface shows up and pulls Melody out of the car and cuts her head off. Yeah, and, Lila, and that's, like, that's how they're fucking as... in the movie. Yeah, and then that's the last scene and then Lila just well, like watches as the and screams car drives as away. This... And it's an imitation of like the ending of the original film. It's a shallow piece of shit. And it's redoing. Leatherface dances two thousand three ripoff. Leatherface dances in the street. Yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. it's just bad. And I agree, but I never thought I would say this, but the two thousand three one is better because at least it's not trying to be anything it isn't. It's just a dumb slasher, and it knows that it's a dumb slasher movie, and it's not. And at least Arlie Ermy is in it, and like that itself is entertaining to watch because Arlie Ermy fucking rules. But it like, looks like Texas. The house is there, and then like all the el- it's like Kyla said, it's not trying to be something it's not. Yeah, this movie yeah. fucking sucked, and I hate it. And I, I, I hope Fede so Alvarez much. knows is- how much I hate this. And how this is how one of like easily one of the worst movies we've talked about for this podcast. I think I hate this yeah. more than I hate the Midnight Meat Train. Ooh, that's a great question, actually. I do. I hate it. I hate this more than I hate the Midnight Meat Train because at least the Midnight Meat Train was a little fun in that I got to watch Ted Raimi's eyeball fly out. It was original. It wasn't trying to like be something else. It was just trying. It was just doing its own thing. Any and kind I didn't of happened to like the thing it was doing, but I can respect. It I don't even that. think it so had yeah, shallow social commentary, except maybe a little bit at the beginning, because the rest of it is just. A guy killing people on a train to feed reptiles, I guess. The lizards. Oh god, this this movie makes me so mad that I feel like I'm gonna throw up now. Ah, <laughs> we're gonna watch. We, I, I, um, Kyla, you you pick things because you do a lot of the heavy lifting, and Marty, you do as well. Uh, next movie, we gotta pick something really good. So yes. I have a, something that's juicy. I have a proposal for you guys. Uh, okay. what if we talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Yes. <gasps> yes. I would love that. Oh my god. Compare I it to a sequel movie. that is actually good. Yes. Please. And a movie that's oh an god. intentional self-parody. Chop Top. Mm-hmm. I love Chop Top. Yes, Chop, Chop Top is hilarious. I love Bill Mosley. He did a great job. Ugh. Music is Kyle, my did I give life. you a poster? Didn't I give you, you a poster did. of Texas Chainsaw 2? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's hanging like right here next to me. Also, even then, Bubba is like just funny and adorable in that one in a weird way. Bubba is. He is. Also, they have a good final girl. In yes. That one. I, love yeah, I love Stretch. Stretch is amazing. And the the ending shot is like a great shout out to the ending of the first Texas Chainsaw while still mm-hmm. turning it on its head. It's yeah. like not. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We'll have to talk about this next time, though, because I don't want to like, I don't want to start talking about good. it now. Yeah. talking points but as soon uh, as you mentioned it though it felt like i took a mint after throwing up like this movie was me throwing up and you mentioning that movie was like putting a mint in my mouth and i'm like okay so this isn't vomit isn't the only flavor in the world i forgot for <laughs> yeah. a second there because yeah. i watched the texas chainsaw massacre parentheses 2022 how is this mm-hmm. film less woke than the one made in the 70s 
Oh, man. The fact that he goes back to the original house at the end of the fucking credits when after all of the shit that happens in this damn fucking movie, you could have just set it at that house, had them be house flippers, and then he's just mad because you're invading his space again because that's what he got mad about in the first one. Yeah, I hope they do not ever make a sequel to this. I I hope Never. not. It has a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 30% on the audience ranking for that, too, so. Nice. I There just does not need to be a sequel, like, again, this, you know. No more sequels is... or remakes of s- beloved slasher genres. I'm glad it's that they just... haven't touched Jason or Freddy in a while because I would be so fucking mad about that. Yeah. Well, and what is it? I've heard the Scream one. I haven't seen Scream 5 yet, but I heard Scream 5 was good. And it's also, so so. It it's well, like okay. If if you pardon like my critique of it just for a second, it's better than this one because it actually is trying to say something. But it was better than again, Halloween it's Kills. Also the that's the, the other thing I was about to bring yeah, up. I heard the Halloween more, Kills sucked ass. The more <laughs> I think about Scream Five, the more I think that it, the message that they're trying to send is a little obscured by the fact that like. They're trying to self-parody, but at the same time, it kind of feels like they hate the the audience <laughs> in a way. I will I say, know. I think that Scream 5 had at least something to say. It was clear yeah. in its intentions. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think they tried their best to be respectful to Wes Craven. Uh, so I, I respect it. I have issues with it, but I, I still think it's worth watching and uh, I respect it. This movie, yeah. I don't respect it. The thing at least Toby Hooper's face, yeah, and completely tries to erase everything that he did. Yeah, the thing about Scream Five is that I know at least the people who were making that film felt really strongly about the originals and like wanted to do something that felt fun and in the same kind of vein as the first one. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. itself is honorable and very good, and I like that about at, about Scream Five that everyone was having fun with it. Yeah, this I movie, would say it's yeah, at I least. Worth I don't watching. think anybody in who made this film actually gave a shit about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like Toby Hooper or anything else. Like this it feels like a, a fucking cash grab piece of shit movie. It is, yeah. It's just a, a cash grab, and it. It mm-hmm. spits in the face of the original, and I would not recommend watching this. I would say stay as far away from po- as yeah. possible from it. If you want to watch a Netflix film, go watch the Creep movies. <laughs> I love yeah. the Creep movies. Go watch Creep. But yeah, I guess yes. the point I was trying to make with the whole Scream Halloween Kills thing is I feel like we're in like the decline of this whole... like Halloween 2018 was fun. We all had a fun time with that. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to... I would like to tell Hollywood, who listens to my opinion, with mm-hmm. great verve, um, to stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just put Make more money into else. independent uh, films because that's what horror fans and, like, really movie fans in general, like, people who, like, really like movies are, like, that's what they're looking for is original stuff. Like, yeah, and I heard the, X like even there's, like adaptations of stuff now that at least have an original take on the material 
And, you know, like, I'm thinking about the Batman film. Like, the Batman actually felt like an original Uh. film. It was like a departure from most comic book films in that it it didn't feel like a comic book film. It felt like a noir film with, like, some silly, fun comic book elements. And that really worked for it. And, like, if you're trying to do a, like, a horror film now then you need to be doing something original, looking for uh, other sources of, like, where you're trying to get your scares from, your commentary from, because, like, whatever the fuck you're doing right now, it fucking sucks. It really does. if you want a good direct-to-streaming horror movie that has something to say and says it well, watch Fresh on Hulu. I need to watch Fresh so bad. I need to watch it. I want to watch that. Well, there's I so many good options. I also heard the options. A24 film X was good. I need to see I X, I heard that too. was good. I, I haven't that. seen that yet. We were going to yeah, go see so... it, and then we got really sick. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, we live in one of the most exciting times for horror, like, since the mm-hmm. 70s, basically. Yeah. There's so many unique and new films coming out by very talented creators who have a mm-hmm. vision for what they want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like... You know, it's just baffling to me that these companies are still throwing money at these dead franchises when, like, you could be funding something completely new and these movies are commercially successful. Throw money, like, uh, the Happy Death Day movies. The Happy Death Day movies were so fun and unique and a different take on slashers. Yep. Um, I mean, I can just, I can think of so many horror movies right now that, like, that have done really well and they're completely original ideas because people are always going to want to see horror and mm-hmm. you know they don't need this slasher or the sally from the first one coming back to draw audiences in like people are going to watch stuff just because it's like because it's fun horror and like mm-hmm. oh it's one of the most accessible genres out there that's so mm-hmm. easy to pull audiences in so you do not need to keep funding these dead franchises like make something new yeah and it breaks my heart because i do think there is a lot you could say about texas nowadays because there are people who live there and who love texas chainsaw and who probably do have a very fresh idea of what leatherface could mean in today's modern horror but it's not these people these people felt fundamentally incurious about what made the original movie work and Mm -hmm. how that still resonates and why it resonated over the years like it just felt like they weren't interested in asking questions or being there was no creative spirit behind it they were checking off boxes they were like this works in other horror movies this worked in halloween this worked in Candyman. so let's throw it in there let's not think about why it worked let's not think about the spice let's just throw it in there because it worked for these other horror movies so it'll work for us and guess what no it fucking didn't call me a snowflake i do not care this movie makes me so fucking mad Mm. and i'm sorry if my ranting like no like take a breath but oh this this whole fucking thing has been a rant about how fucking bad it is and how much better like it could have been done so like we haven't got I, this fired up in a long ass time. We like, haven't. The most recent Saw movie did not get us this fired up. I'm gonna. I love the Saw franchise. Now I have seen the error <laughs> of my ways. Um, I'm a Saw stan. Uh, Jigsaw Daddy. At some point, I will have to watch I'm all so of sorry. them and give you all my opinion. But I think, 
I think probably that'll happen towards the end when we finally get to like spiral. I'll tell y'all all about my experience marathoning the Saw movies then. Yeah. I, um, I still feel like it would be fun to do a live stream of that sometime. Yeah. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll wait we and see. We could think about doing that, uh, like, just an idea. We could think about doing that for, like, sometime in June if we want to, like, do a fundraiser for, like, the Trevor Project or something. Because, like, we kind of do stuff like that usually. Yeah, possibly. Um, I know there was a Kai. You brought up there's a Saw video game. I would <laughs> that would be fun to play. Watch you yes, do a playthrough of that. I do mm-hmm. actually own it. Yes. Yes. Uh, we will so, have to okay. live stream that at some point. Is there a Texas Chainsaw yeah. video game? There it. is a Texas Chainsaw oh, video yeah. game, but it was made in the early '80s and it sucked. Every time <laughs> oh. you, you played as Leatherface, and every time you ran into a wheelchair, you died. <laughs> oh, oh my god look at the pixels this is cute it looks like undertale <laughs> it does kind of look like undertale <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'm like, that's leather face mm-hmm. it looks like a teapot <laughs> yeah <laughs> Even this shitty piece of shit game from like the early 80s does a better job adapting Leatherface than this movie. Yeah. Oh my god, this is the cutest image. I'm gonna make this my Twitter header. Please. Oh my gosh. Please Please do. It's Uh, just a wheelchair, a fence, and a house with a little blue truck. Yep. Uh, Uh, All right. I'm. I'm. uh, I'm wrapping this up. This movie sucks. This movie is bad. Do not Don't watch it. it. It's not even worth it. If you're gonna no. watch horror films on Netflix, at least look for stuff that isn't advertised because at least then you'll uh, like find something interesting. Yeah, there's a million other horror movies to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when we say Click bad, on something we're not talking you don't like know fun about. bad. It's it's bad, bad and frustrating. Bad. It's boring and frustrating. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 and I'm very yeah. hyped. I've actually been thinking about that movie a lot lately ever since I finished the Carol Clover book. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll, we'll have, have a lot, lot to say. talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're good. You You're want- really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to have so much fun talking about that scene. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to watch it again. I have so many good memories of that movie. Yeah. Me too. The first time we watched uh, it or at least clips of it um at least for me was in uh intro to film class with james and like yeah and he like he like totally like went off on a tangent about how much he loved that movie because it was so fucking silly (laughs) and he's like this is like prime example of carol clover i'm gonna show you this and then like we're gonna talk about it because literally word for word example (laughs) (laughs) on how on how like the the chainsaw represents like you know sexual frustration and all of that and yada yada it was <laughs> it's so good um we're gonna have fun with that i'm so i'm excited good. for that something good coming out of this shit show manure yes. for manure for flowers <laughs> So you can uh, catch us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. And we also have a Patreon if you like what we do. We totally super duper appreciate any money that gets thrown our way. That goes to helping us uh, keep our show running. 
And uh, yeah, go watch any movie that isn't Texas Chainsaw 2022. Go watch House. Mm -hmm. The House. Go watch Do The it. House. Go watch the original Texas Chainsaw. Watch the yeah, original Texas Chainsaw. Watch what's up. And watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because then you'll be prepared for our episode next week. Yeah. Also, Google Texas Chainsaw video game because it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. I think there's a Friday the 13th game chainsaw. similar to that one, too. Good night, everybody. Stay safe out there and may your nightmares be plentiful. And hopefully not full of whatever the fuck this movie was. If you do anything, Mediocrity. you're canceled, bro. <laughs>